0: This is Coda Radio, episode 294 for January 29th, 2018. everyone and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and its related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week via the power and magic of the Internet. Why, yes, it's our host, Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike. Hmm,, I am not. No, no, no. I guess not. Actually, you know, it still works. Now I'm just a laughing fool in a hotel lobby right now. I'm I'm live in Seattle, and <laughs>
1: I did well, not see I'm that not one coming. Alone.
0: No, no. In fact, uh, our good buddy uh, Mr. Noah Chalai, is here. Hey, buddy. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Good, 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 good. In fact, I'm really glad you're here because you made this live setup possible.
2: Yeah. I, here's the thing. I was this way. First thing I told you when I got to Jupiter Broadcasting is I said, you know, we talk about a couple different things, but. I've become the studio engineer, more or less. If we go go outside to do something, if it's a remote broadcast, I start to feel like that's the only reason I get signed up. solve this for me. (laughs) Solve
0: this, Noah. Yeah, we're live at a canonical, uh, what they call a Snap Sprint. So they have um, about like 50 canonical employees here and uh, a bunch of industry partners, which I'll talk about more in a little bit. They're all here working on solving different uh, packaging problems for Linux and uh, other things, other OSs as well, actually. So I'll talk more about that because there's several companies um, that are relevant to this here podcast that um, are, are here and joining us. And it's, there's, lots to, there's actually lots to get into. But we have a full show. Even though we're here live at, in Seattle, we have a full show. Noah's here. He's going to join us for a special topic later on. I feel good. I feel good, Mike. It's, it's good to be connected with you outside the studio. We don't do this very often. I
1: know, to see you in your natural snapping habitat.
0: So uh, I stepped in it last week uh, on the show. Uh, Last week uh, I was trying to um, figure out this new PowerShell uh, release for Mac, Linux, and Windows, open source. It seems like a major strategy shift. Oh, in fact, I even argued it was a bit of a, of, a, of, a, of a doubling down on a strategy. We got some good feedback on our PowerShell segment, um, including an email from a uh, technology fellow at Microsoft, first name of Jeffrey, who invited us to actually go down there and do an interview on location and see how that works. Man, it's lunchtime. All these guys. Oh, yeah? Okay. All right. After we get done podcasting, we'll come join you guys for lunch. We started our show right at lunchtime. What kind of amateurs are we?
1: Nice job there. Nice.
0: So, yeah. So we might end up down at the Microsoft campus uh, getting uh, getting it directly from the horse's mouth on what they're doing with PowerShell and uh, see how that works out. But in the meantime, we do have an email that came into the show on the topic that uh, I'm going to throw in your faces because it's, uh, it's a pretty good email. I, Mike, did you, did you see this guy's name? I didn't grab the... Uh, I think uh, his I name, name is I actually
1: know. Chris. Yeah, his name is also
0: Chris. Oh, yeah. That's hard for me to remember. Uh, so, yeah, Chris wrote in and said, uh, Mr. Michael Dominic." he asked me on Discord to write in, so I'm taking him up on that. Hey, look at that. That's nice. He says, I'm far from an expert, but we have done some cool things. In recent versions of Windows Server 2012 R2 and 2016, everything you do in the GUI is working in PowerShell behind the scenes. When you add a new role or feature to a server environment, a lot of times you can export the template into a PS1 file and then run it later to automate the process. We've used this often for new forests or domains, especially when spinning up an RODC uh, or a file server for a new branch. However, When new management began preaching the DevOps movement, we started using a lot of Windows forms to complete our work, with new server rollouts and new domain controllers, etc. We worked with the development team to create sysadmin forms, quote-unquote, that anyone could use so HR could spin up a new server for a workday. Well, at least hypothetically, of course. I don't think anyone in HR actually ever did that, he says. (laughs) I know, but it's such a cool idea. The HR person could spin up a server. Um, Anyways, he says they used uh, System.Management.Automation and System.Collections.ObjectModel. Uh, those were the two libraries, and with those developed with uh, that, the developers were creating PowerShell objects and instances, collaborating with the sysops teams to set up the proper cmdlets and command functions, and implement templates for various tasks. At the time, we were doing this in a Windows bare metal or Windows virtual machines on OS 10. But with the current state of PowerShell and Visual Studio on Mac, I don't know if this will be as functional as it was in a pure Windows environment. But there are but there were days when I wished I could just run the forms or use PowerShell in OS 10. I think if Microsoft keeps its momentum going, it will be incredibly convenient to engineers in a more sysops, devops role rather than having to convert a whole slew of users to .NET. Anyways, I appreciate you asking for feedback on this. I love what you guys do, from Coder Radio to TechSnap. Those are my two top shows in my feed right now. I'm sure Ask Noah is in there, too. Uh, he <laughs> said, I've said before, but the JB platform has provided the inspiration for me to dig deeper into my career and do what I do and use Linux every day. Thanks to you both and to the rest of the team for the outstanding job you do. Um, that is it sort of echoes other feedback I got, Mike, where... It was, it was about now using these tools that we've had for a very long time on Linux and being able to automate the, the setting up of Windows machines from a Linux box.
1: That's all. Yeah. Yes, it does seem like there is a small yet passionate subset of our listenership that is deep into the PowerShell.
0: Yeah, I could, you know, actually, when I put myself in the mindset, when I used to be trapped in an environment where I had to use Windows, when I really wanted, it's funny, if I was there now, it would be less, it would be less trying. But back then, I was desperately trying to use Linux for everything, Mm -hmm. all the time, constantly. And I just was stuck managing systems on Windows boxes. Mm -hmm. And I would have killed for a way to easily SSH into a Windows box or easily script something, you know, from my Linux machine. So I totally see where these guys are coming from. And maybe I'll learn more. If I go down to Microsoft. Yep. And I take uh, Mr. Jeffrey up on his offer to, uh, to get it from the horse's mouth. We'll do a live show from there. <laughs> All right, Mike. This next story, it's a little much for me. It's, a li- I, it's, 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 it's packed full of jargon, but I do see where they're going. It's the rise of the full stack freelancer, a portfolio approach to modern work. What do you think that means?
2: I think it means that the PR yeah. guy earned his
1: paycheck that week. That's what I think.
0: I mean, I guess what it's saying is Jack of all trades
1: is becoming so, the norm. Yeah, I put, I put this one in the, in the doc because it's just so ridiculous that it's actually, it actually rings true to me. Um, you know, we have a lot of people who write in about contracting and freelancing And this fellow, the author of this article, is basically trying to redefine this full quote-unquote full-stack freelancer as like almost being like a self-contained business of one, which, I mean, maybe I'm an old fogey. I would just call that a contractor. But it it, it definitely – he makes (laughs) some good points, right, about like all these – you know, we talked about – oh, geez, what's that – it helps if I can remember stuff. But that AI platform that hooks up developers and designers and makes like ad hoc teams. Based on oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. I, Platforms I forget the name like too. that
1: where you, you kind of actually don't have to have your own sales guy or be your own sales guy. Just sign up for the platform, pay them a commission, and they will, you know, sure enough, bring a team together. And if you can do it yourself, or let's say you're a full stack iOS and, and Rails developer, um, yeah, you theoretically can be a dev shop of one. I mean... It's it's a little hyper, a little bit of hyperbole in this art article, but I don't I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Gigster, yeah. Gigster was the name of that company.
0: Uh yes, yes, uh, yeah. good call. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what ran, the part that rang true to me in the article is. I don't like the where I get hung up on is the terminology. But if I if I forget about the terminology for a second, and this part did ring true with me, full stack freelancers are responding to a series of technology driven trends. Contingent employment, intensifying globalization, and automation. By taking advantage of the other side of the coin, technology finally becoming powerful enough, cheap enough, and user-friendly enough to be deployed productively by a single individual. So it is sort of like making the best out of this nonstop trend towards automation, outsourcing, and... um, what they call contingent employment which is short-term work these are all modern realities now and so it is sort of like taking that situation and making lemonade out of it and calling yourself like a business of one full-stack freelancer who's, you know, like I'm, I'm like a rogue who gets dropped into the data center and I via a rope, and I solve the problem, and I work there for six months or three months, and then I'm out. Right. And instead of that being the worst thing ever, because back in my day, we had jobs for 50 years, and we got grandfather clocks when we retired. Yeah. Now it's you go work there for three months, but it's another way of romanticizing it. It's, right. It kind of does ring true with me, though, in a way. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, you, have, you work in that business, you know, all the time. But you are more long-term clients, you know. Well, well, You're not really like the 3-monthers,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, so we do sure. I mean, especially subcontracts, right? Like most of our in fact, all of our subcontracts to date uh are there's there's a start time, there's an end time and you know, we work for 6 months, sometimes a year uh to get a given thing done. Uh but that's it. So yeah, we're definitely doing short stints like that. Hmm, do you
0: uh do you find that you uh is that, is that hard to predict business around?
2: Uh, very it, it, the 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 biggest challenge right is going into that environment and trying to learn all the environment variables. Yeah, get and, up to speed. Yeah, before you can actually start doing the work, and then get the work done, and get out of there, and still stay on schedule.
0: That makes sense. Um,
2: yeah, I, I actually uh, I, I, I don't know. I
0: wanted to hate it, but then I, I ended up I ended up kind of making sense to me. Sure. Hey, you know what, Mike? I was thinking before we move on. Unless you have any more you want to say, we had uh, we had something to mention in this week's show—a discount code for the O'Reilly Conference that's coming up. Should we? You want to, you want to mention that right now before we forget? Because I just remembered.
1: Yeah, we should. Um.
0: So there, there's a discount code. It's uh, it's it's a PC coder for twenty percent off gold, silver, and bronze passes. At uh, what's the name of the O'Reilly event that's going on that you're going to? By the way, Mike's going to an O'Reilly event. The Software Architecture Conference That's in right. February Yeah, February 25th through the 26th. See, I'm catching up. Um, in New York, there it's, engin- it's the, t- the sub-headline, Engineering the Future of uh, Software. February 25th through the 26th for training, and then the 26th through the 28th for the conference itself. And if, you, if you're if you interested in going, you want to meet up with Mike, too, perhaps, uh, if you use the promo code PCCODER, one word, you'll get 20% off. Uh, and that's just, I guess, that's just something because uh, they're fans of the show. They're just not, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. And Mike's going to another freaking event.
1: Another freaking event. I've got the community flu.
0: <laughs> you will.
1: You will get the community <laughs> oh, flu. I know. That's a-
0: I'm working on that right now myself. Actually, yeah. it's, Noah's got a strategy for these things. I
2: do. My right hand is my shaking hand. My left hand is anything I gotta eat or to touch my face you or anything scratch. Like that. yeah. yeah,
0: that's a good idea. That's a good way to do it. I've been just really, I've been like OCD about washing my hands. Oh, really? So really, just I got over being sick just last week, so I really am hoping to avoid it. Yeah. But uh, if you're in the New York area and you want to go to a fast-paced and practical O'Reilly Software Architecture Conference, which I've never been to one of those. Uh, that could be pretty cool. The pricing is, you know, it's industry pricing, so it's kind of nice to get 20% off because that can be nice. Yeah. The uh, different passes, the gold pass and the silver pass, are uh, up there in price. But the bronze pass with 20% off, especially if your work's paying for it, it's a pretty good deal for those kind of events. So that's neat. I don't really have a URL for you other than you just go Google that, but uh, check that out. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we, why don't we keep going? I'd like to talk about the event. I'd like to talk about Mike's new hardware. I'd like to talk about some workflow stuff. That's why Noah's here. So let's take a moment and thank Digital Ocean for getting us this far into the show, making this show possible, making it possible for me to sit here at this canonical event and spy and get all of the secrets and learn all of the dirty tricks that they've got up their sleeve and share them with you guys. So you can air out the dirty laundry. Yep. So thank you to DigitalOcean for making that possible. Actually, quite literally. We're using DigitalOcean right now to <laughs> in several different yeah, ways. multiple ways. <laughs> to make this stream possible. And it's just great infrastructure that's super fast on demand as you need it. They make managing infrastructure so easy that whether you're brand new or a pro, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to take advantage of DigitalOcean's infrastructure. It gets out of your way. It gives you the tools you need. They have a straightforward API that's well-documented. If you want to go that route, it's secure and reliable. I've been using them for years, 99.99% uptime and predictable pricing. This is a huge one for me. I know exactly how much DigitalOcean is going to cost me. And I've just recently restructured their pricing so it's even more competitive. They have a new $15 a month rig, 3 gigs of RAM, which is... Remarkable, you can get three CPUs and 60 gigabytes of SSD storage. Now, my favorite system is three cents an hour, four gigs of RAM, Two CPUs and 80 gigabytes of SSD. Everything is SSDs. I love that about DigitalOcean. And if you use our promo code, CoderDigital, you will get a $10 credit. You sign up. You use the promo code, CoderDigital, you get the $10 credit. You could try it like their $5 rig, two months, absolutely free. Nothing out of your pocket. It applies, that, it applies a $10 promo balance to your account. You don't even have to attach a credit card. You just fire up the machine, start building something. They have completely, totally assembled application stacks ready to go. Or you can do what my favorite one is, is just deploy a base LTS rig throw Docker on there and just start throwing stuff through Docker and just get to work right away. It's nice. You can add more storage as you need it. 40 gigabit connections coming into the hypervisors, data centers all over the world. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code CoderDigital and a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring this here Coder Radio program. DigitalOcean.com. Promo code CoderDigital. One word. So here we are. We're at the, uh, is it the Hilton, Noah? Is it a Hilton hotel? <laughs> yeah, it is. So we're here at one of these uh, Hiltons, and we're on the floor that they have sort of built out for businesses, and uh, we're at a Canonical Snap event. And they have several rooms here. Um, they have, uh, I think, three or four rooms, plus a dining area. And then they have, of course, about 50, 60 people that are putting in rooms here. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, as far as Canonical events go, it's sort of a smaller scale event, but it's, it's sure. very hand-picked people. Um, and yeah, it's
2: really not It's not open to the general public It's not no, like a conference no, That anyone no. can go to This is It's more or less A canonical work meeting That they just happen to Are holding at a hotel Yeah,
0: yeah. So you know, I'll give you an example Of some of the people That are here uh, So some a so representative from Slack Is here um, Microsoft Azure, Electron Builder, the .NET team, Skype. So several Microsoft folks are here. Also TypeScript folks are here and PowerShell folks are here. Uh so and Visual Studio Code.
2: <laughs> they had to come a long way, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's part of the reason why it's here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's yeah. because you know, they're bringing a lot of people from Microsoft and it's, sure. just, it's right across the street. Yeah. And then uh my couple of favorites, not that those ones aren't great, is uh JetBrains, also mm-hmm. has a rep here and Plex. Mm-hmm. So I I I had a yeah
2: we had dinner with the Plex mm-hmm, guy last night so that was we got fun to sit down and chat with him I was
0: really interesting really mm-hmm. interesting to talk to the Plex guy for a bit last night so there's a lot of different companies here there's other of course there's individuals from different areas of Canonical that are responsible for different tasks and they're they're doing something that you don't see happen very often in open source and it's this it's this business to business outreach mm-hmm. where one business calls another business and says we'd like to have some of your resources come to an event of ours that we're putting on and we'll f- we'll pay for everything. Mm-hmm. We'll put you up in a hotel, you come here and work with my staff and we'll build whatever it is that we're trying to get to collaboratively together. Right. You don't really ever hear of Fedora doing that. You don't really ever hear of Debian doing that. You don't ever actually hear of any other big open source project really doing that. They have events, they have conferences. You know, um, the mysterious uh, Blue Systems, who's a, who's a KDE patron, mm-hmm. um, they, back in November, did something similar to this, like a development sprint. Of course, right. you see Elementary OS has done things like this. Mm-hmm. But this business-to-business, where I'm calling Slack, I'm, I'm calling Electron, I'm calling Microsoft several divisions, I'm calling up JetBrains, I'm calling up Plex, or I'm emailing them, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, let's all get together business-to-business and do work. And sit in one room yeah.
2: and bank things out with right. all of us in the same room talking about it.
0: And the reason why I mention why that, I think, is interesting and different is Mm -hmm. it is it makes me wonder if it might be what it takes to make something like snaps actually really gain traction right oh absolutely because it's just it's it's a competitive level where they can they can integrate with other industry partners Mm -hmm. and they can answer questions here in this room while they're physically together and they do this every six months or so right how does Flatpak? how does app image compete with that
2: Mm -hmm. no they don't and i and you said this Offhandedly, and I think you're absolutely right. I think we're very quickly going to get to a point where you're going to have Windows Ex- EXEs, Mac DMGs, and Linux snaps.
0: What strikes me about that, and Mike and I have talked about this, is the the, the story of how you target Linux for developers has has not really been awesome <coughs> for a long time. And one of the things that you know Mike and I were talking about ages ago with Unity 8 was you know, at least then Canonical has a story. You, 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 you download this tool, you use this framework, you use this language, you publish to this store, you use this package format, and if you're new to publishing applications on the Linux desktop, you follow this boop ba doop 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 step guide, and all of a sudden you've got your desktop Linux app published. And um, Snaps, I think, maybe are providing that chance. So what do you think sort of from a removed, like somebody who might ship software on Linux standpoint of this? Do you think I'm onto something where it seems like Canonical has a, an advantage here?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the issue for me would be how widely adopted are snaps going to be by other distros, but assuming that's not a problem, then right. it, it looks like a really easy, really user and, and even developer-friendly way to package up software.
0: Yeah, I know they're working on that. You know, you can, you can essentially get snap support to various degrees on different distros, and some distros have have perfect SAP snap support.
2: Well, and one of, the things, one of the things that we have heard is that Canonical is looking for ways to enter at the point in which they are building the application. So, for example, they've made a lot of work so that they put a lot of work in so that when you have an Electron app, you add a single line of code and you can then build a snap from that Electron app. Or Unity,
0: you know, they're working with the Unity folks, so it's like an sure. export destination, it's a snap package. It's just one of the export destinations. That would be big. Yeah, if you get it integrated in at the tooling level, that would be, I think that would sort of sink the deal. So, it's interesting being here, you know, watching how Canonical works, watch how they try to. How do you get an open source community to adopt something? Um, and you know the advice, and I'm not saying they're doing this because of my advice, but the advice that I passed along to them very early on when they announced this is, you've got to ship applications that matter. And so last week they announced Slack as a snap. This week they're going to announce another application that's pretty popular as a snap. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's coming. And uh, I think you start getting enough of these um, headline applications that people know
2: about in the industry and that people want to install. Right. And I think it's going to make a difference. So here's an interesting idea too: could snaps potentially run on other platforms other than Linux? Yeah, they're working on making them work on Mac and Windows right now. So in a way, in a lot of ways, that kind of solves a lot of the stuff that Electron tried to solve with maybe a little bit well, less of the performance yeah. I mean, you're going to snap well, up Electron oh. apps is what you're going to do. You're right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're not
1: <laughs> right. So your, your development platform still needs to be neutral, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the direction it's going. Like, we were, they were doing a little, uh, uh, you know, unofficial inventory last night. It's like, well, this is a Slack, there's Electron app, this is an Electron app now, this is an Electron app now. It's, and, you know, they have stats on this stuff, too. So,
2: mm.
0: yeah. Um, I, I, I know that Mike recently had a chance to install the Slack Snap. Yes, I did. Now, what are you doing? Because I thought, I thought according to last week's episode, you've just, you've thrown in the towel, and you're just giving in, and you're just going to stay on the MacBook. And now you're yep. installing
1: Snaps. So I, I'm a sucker for a sale.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I got a 38% off coupon from Dell, and I ordered myself an Optiplex, uh, what is it, 57, 70, 50.
0: Nice, yeah, the one with the i7-770 yep. in it, and 32 gigs of RAM. Yep. Ooh, that is going to be a sweet rig. And you're going to put, you're going
1: to toss uh, what on there? So currently I put 1710 on it. Oh, you already have it? You already got it? Oh, I already have it. It's on my desk. Yeah, I'm looking oh, at it. I oh, I Oh, oh. Dang, dang. So you have 1710 on there. So did you try Windows 10? Um, I installed it for about 10 minutes and I got frustrated and then I <laughs> force filled the computer with a USB <laughs> drive and paid back pay, pay.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no, no. So how's 1710 working out for you?
1: Uh, pretty good. I'm having a little bit of uh, weirdness. Install. I had to install the AMD drivers. Yeah. Which was kind of annoying. Like, I could definitely see the advantage of going in with the Ubuntu version. Yeah. But all Dell will sell you is 16, uh, 16.04. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah
0: I, 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 and that has the Radeon R7 450 in there with four gigs of RAM, too. Nice. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty beefy machine all around. Damn, that's gonna last, that'll last you a while, I think. At least a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like. At least until next, probably at least till two episodes.
1: Um, so, and you did uh, not Pop! OS, huh? No, you know what? I ended up going with seventeen ten. I'm really enjoying seventeen ten. It's mm. simple enough. And are you ready? Trademark. Yeah. It just works.
0: Good, good. I I had a bad. I had a. So it's funny we're we're going to talk desktop workflows today because I had a bad bad weekend with GNOME. It crashed on me four times, and I, it just really kind of made me wonder. Uh, is this going to be? Is this going to be viable for me? Because the issue is. So this is all coming together because you and I, Mike, recently talked about using Wayland for your machine to help with your second monitor resolution problems. Well, um, the issue is is that GNOME 3, when it crashes under Wayland, it is, a, it is a dramatic crash because it is the display server. So your entire display stack under Wayland crashes when GNOME 3 crashes. And I've had GNOME 3 crashing on me a lot recently. So this has been... <sighs> I've been having, I've been having a tough time with uh, 1710 myself because this has been a this has been a bit of a problem for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear you're having you're having some success. I recently for I f- actually this morning before the show formatted my computer. And yeah, for, right
2: before you started to go on air. That was yeah, really that was, that was, was, that was good, good timing. Yeah. It was good
0: timing. And I put uh I put KDE Plasma on my machine. So I'm using the Plasma desktop. Now I just I got off Gnome for a bit, I'm taking a break. Gnome and I are seeing other desktops for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's—I don't know—you know, you know it's early days. We'll see. Maybe I'll try to convince you to switch in like six months after I've spent some time with it. Uh, but I so, went and got. Yeah. Go ahead. This is based on 1710, so it's it's, okay. it's roughly based on 1710. So that's
1: you know we're we're kind of along the same lines there. But how how do you find the workflow? Uh, I find it pretty good. The snaps make life a lot easier, actually. Mm. Because one of the things I don't like is that there's five damn ways to install things on Ubuntu. And a lot of the stuff I use, I have to, like, add. So before, I used to just use PPAs, right? On my Galago, everything is done with PPAs, um, which is fine. But eventually, I find over time, I get it complaining about, like, this key is no longer valid. or Yeah, or the URL's bad or something sense. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The snaps seem like a much cleaner way. Like, VS Code, like you mentioned, is in a snap. Slack is in a snap. So it's been running pretty well. Hmm. Uh, the difference between 16 and 32 gigs of RAM is very, very obvious. Oh, yeah. And it's making me very happy. Yeah. Do you run a lot of VMs? I usually have to run a full Windows VM with, like, a Visual Studio and an IIS uh, instance up.
0: Okay. Yes, that would that would really help. That would, uh, yeah, that is, yeah, if you're, oh, boy. Man, I'm excited for you. And, you know, after, you got, you, you got close to the iMac Pro, too. Like, I think <laughs> you were flying pretty close to the sun there. I forever. was flying
1: close, but, you know, it, it was, like, this Dell ended up costing, I think, with shipping and tax, like, $1,900. The mm-hmm. iMac Pro, before shipping and tax, was $5,000. So, you know, you could see the the, the calculus that happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you could, <laughs> Yeah, you could get another Dell in six months and be fine.
2: Well, I could do these four jobs, or I could not buy the computer that I would do these four jobs yeah. and just keep the money that I would spend on the computer to do these four jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, so there's... Okay, so good. So we got the new machine out of the way. Uh, I want to I wanna talk to you what uh, sort of what I've been... I have been experimenting with um, trying to dedicate certain types of workspaces to uh, certain types of jobs. So one of the things I've been experimenting with recently is when I launch Firefox, it always opens on Workspace 1. When I launch Telegram, it always opens on Workspace 2. When I launch launch Slack, it always opens on Workspace 3. Terminal is always on Workspace 1. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's just a few things like that. Um, and then on certain workspaces, I'm setting up tiling. So when I open up things on Workspace 3, they get tiled, for example. Sure. Um, and that, uh, combined with multiple monitors, I find has really been a pretty big improvement to my workflow because while I can't see everything on the virtual desktops, it's like I, because I know that the application's always open there, I know it's there in the back of my mind. Right. Sure. But, yes. So it's sort of like I always have that state. And I've been so, – I, I kind of I, – I come in and out of this. I ebb and flow out of doing this, like getting my desktop super hyper-customized uh-huh. and then trying to keep it super stock. Sure. And so that way – I mean the, the argument for keeping it stock, of course, is that I could just immediately load another machine and be good to go. But mm-hmm. the argument I feel like for making it customized is that it's always, like, the perfect workflow machine for me. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, so I'm going all in now on the customizing again, and I'm gonna and I think what I'm gonna try to do is do some sort of configuration management or backup or something that I can use to move my config between machines, mm-hmm. restore my config if something breaks, and I think it's just time for me to sort of I don't know see the configuration management light, and that could be something as simple as backing up my dot files. I don't know exactly how I'll pull it off, but the uh, C
2: file. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> and have the home director. Maybe, speak, man. Maybe, <laughs> so anyway, maybe I, I could. I, I'd be willing to do that. I mean, that's fine too. Yeah, that's that's what I do with. My, that's how I'm doing uh, key pass and password management hmm. and stuff like that.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Windows 10 promises this uh, settings sync across PCs thing, but it's pretty superficial. <laughs> it's not really the, like I want like window positioning stuff and and tiling stuff set and all that kind of thing. So I, I, I'm going all in. I'm probably gonna resi- I'm probably gonna um, regret it. I tend to burn out when I do this, <laughs> but. <laughs> I've just been really frustrated recently with yeah. stuff crashing and well, and part of it is you don't have you don't
2: have a good fallback, right? Like so for me, I've I've got my my trusty Fedora machine that sits at my house, and so no matter what I'm doing, I'm on the laptop. You have brother. an emergency, yeah. I always have like the machine that I do my core amount of work on yeah. that I live
0: on. Your escape pod,
2: yeah, my escape pod. It, it that's my that's my refuge. <laughs> you don't have a
0: refuge. I know. I need a coding escape pod. I need like a broadcasting escape pod. I need like one for each type of job I do. <laughs> <laughs> the escape pod system, a dedicated escape pod. PC. <laughs> All right. Well, so Mike, what's your benchmark of success for a machine like this? Like, when do you say, okay, this was worth the investment?
1: So, I've been doing a little bit with uh, Apache Open NLP, which is a, a Java e Java-ish based uh, natural language processing kind of machine learning library from the good folks at the Apache Foundation. Because I have a requirement for something to do a bunch of natural language processing locally. And compiling that in my Galago made it scream for bloody mercy. The Dell was like, "Okay, go make some tea <laughs> and come back." And I'm fine, thanks. So I would say today was fine, great. Got it Friday. The only the only issue I've had so far is the AMD card. It does seem a little unhappy. Um, there is a weird situation where it seems like if the GPU kicks up. It was freaking out. Now, I ended up having to install a proprietary AMD driver, which was kind of annoying from the, the AMD's website the old evil manual way. And it seems to have stopped. It would be great if, like, the machine could just pick up and say, oh, there's a driver I could get you. I would have preferred that. Yes. Yeah, well, there, if there was a driver, it
0: would, uh, if it was built into the kernel. But the, that proprietary driver, yes, that is, that is always a problem.
1: They're working oh, yeah, on it. Such yeah, it's such a terrible install process is kind of my issue, though, right? It's like, mm, here's a scary screen, and this might work. But once I got that down, it really is kind of cranking. I mean, it, 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 it's black, which is nice. It looks like Darth Vader. And it's not $5,000, so, I mean, what else do you want?
0: <laughs> you have to pay extra yeah. for that black in some, some cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well it, it compiles my Java and my C Sharp, because thanks to Microsoft's low of Linux now, just as fast as my Mac did, Right.
0: Yeah. Or, yeah, or actually I'm a lot not. faster. I take it back Yeah, a lot faster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good, good. I'm, I'm a little machine jealous because I'm, I'm, you know, it's been a little while for me. I usually try to get one every six months or so, but uh, it's been a while since I've had the good stuff.
2: Yeah, you know. well, here's, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. The next one will be USB-C, I have no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: I, that is, for laptops, the USB-C life is, is a good thing.
1: You have to get yep. that new XPS. I thought you had the new XPS.
0: I have a fifth generation XPS, and I broke the side of it recently, so it is is a little extra busted now, and so my power port floats around inside the case a little bit. <laughs> that seems bad. Yeah, I know. And Dell's yeah. supposedly going to send me a review unit of the new one, so I, that's going to be that's going to be particularly hard to, don't, to turn away.
2: Don't don't drop that one on your side. That one would not work out very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
0: would just shatter. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go on, before we before we uh, get to the <laughs> Open Apache uh, Open NLP stuff cuz that does sound super fascinating. Um, I want to mention Linux Academy. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there to support this here show and sign up for a free seven-day trial and then pick your hands-on training category. They have stuff that is going to blow your mind. 1,200 hours of in-depth video contents, labs, flashcards, hands-on training for every topic. Linux, Google Cloud Platform, AWS, DevOps, OpenStack, Big Data, and yeah, Azure as well. Real hands-on stuff. They deploy in real environments Scenario-based labs that give you hands-on training from anywhere at any time on any of these complicated technology solutions. And if you ever get stuck, they have real human beings that are ready to help. And if you go there now, you can get a little sense of that. LinuxAcademy.com slash coder, Sign up for a free seven-day trial. Check out those hands-on labs. That's pretty cool. And if you've got a busy schedule, try out their course scheduler. And then when you're ready to go get certifications, they have courses created specifically to prepare you for certification exams linuxacademy.com slash coders. Also, Noah's going to love this feature. A downloadable, comprehensive, offline study guides, notes notebooks, and other tools. No internet connection local required. Local
2: media? Are yep. you telling me it's local media? Yep. It's local, local, media. local I love yep. it.
0: And uh, love. if you do have connectivity when, while you're on the go, maybe you're on the uh, bus, maybe you're on the tube, uh, they have iOS and Android apps as well. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there, sign up, and get a free seven-day trial. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. And support this show. Mike, have you heard of the uh, Mozilla's um, Common Voice project as well that's kind of doing some of this uh, natural language processing stuff too? I don't know if it's similar to Apache exactly, but they're working on also sort of opening up a data set of uh, natural language and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I I heard of it. I haven't done anything with it. Um, it, it. It's very, very similar from what I've heard with the difference being that the Apache one is actually offline.
0: Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. So you can take that and you, you can download all of that. Ah, that is really nice. Yeah. Now, what use case do you have to be offline for something like this, though? So I'm kind of, I mean, not to reveal behind the curtain too much, but that's not what I expected yeah. you to say. So
1: <laughs> let's say, because normally I would use the uh, Microsoft Lewis engine, right? So let's say you're a person who may be in a remote region and you don't want to have a signal going out. You would want something offline or oh, sure. more yeah right so you're in the desert right or you're you're stranded on an island or you're frankly in most of florida i <laughs> have no yeah. connectivity <laughs> yeah fair yeah. enough hmm
0: and so what uh, so you can do uh, you can analyze with this right you can get parts of speech out you can get named entities out of this uh this sounds like like it'll even do language detection like what language you're speaking this is like powerful stuff they're giving away here
1: yeah it's It's, you know, like a lot of these things, it's most powerful language right now is English. Um, The way it would basically work is you set up your entities beforehand, and you know, you might say like, maps might be something you're doing, right? Or directions, or whatever. And your application code would just deal with those entities and intents. And that's it. The, uh, The challenge is if you're not running this with a connection, you're, of course, always having to update to get advantages, right? You're, so, like, a cognitive service like Lewis constantly is being updated and improved. Something like this, you would have to actually upgrade your update your binary. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. If, if you were running it with no connection,
0: right? Yeah. Huh. So, so Apache's goal here with the Open NLP project is to create a mature toolkit for all of that, like part of speech tagging, named entity yeah. extraction. They're creating they're creating a toolkit for people to grab and do this. Um, and I suppose, in a way, it's either this or two or three companies that offer this, right? It's like there's not a lot of other options here, unless I'm misunderstanding.
1: Yeah, there there are some proprietary options too, um, and I know Mozilla has something like you mentioned, but. I kind of impartial to Apache because they tend to not release crap. Not that Mozilla does. I'm just saying, you know, it's a stamp <laughs> of approval for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just not interested in a proprietary solution. The other kind of problem you, you talk about strategy tax a lot, um, like with Lewis and with Google's alternative to this, they're all trying to sell you web services. So if you actually have a requirement that says no connection to the outside, well. You, you're in direct conflict with their strategy tax and you can't do it.
0: Yeah, that is the problem with that the the strategy tax or uh, the just dragging priorities around by the latest marketing thing. Um, so you're going to build this into like a Coder Radio uh, Alexa skill app? Is that what the plan is here?
1: <laughs> well, in the case, well, it, well, actually, there is a Coda Radio Alexa skill app that should. How is, is there, there? Is that? Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's continuing, thing. huh? Yeah. It's continuing. Huh. It's 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 on a dirty little lambda though. So okay. Well, that's all right. I mean, that's all. That's that's apropos uh,
2: for the show content. So I like that. But no, that's that cool. is
1: not using this right because actually the Alexa SDK yeah. is own uh, NLP yeah. built in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just yeah. out of curiosity, will you guys be building a home? A
0: HomePod thing? HomePod? No, you just use AirPlay no, on your phone. No, not
1: yet. In fact, to my and Chris is the HomePod guy. He's the Apple fan. Um, <laughs> to my knowledge, there's no HomePod SDK access anyway. So
0: I don't think so. No, not no, not yet. There's there's um, Siri stuff that you can do that like is related, but I think a lot like uh, the Watch, most of the HomePod processing is done on the phone. It's so, like the heavy lifting's on the phone, like Siri on the
1: phone, connectivity on the phone. Yeah, I sure. think it's even it's even more locked down though. My, my understanding is you can just like send content from your phone to the whole lot. Like there's no <sighs> custom, like at least the watch had an SD. It was a crappy SDK. When it yeah. There, but, it, but it had yeah. one.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. How's the, uh, how's the, how's the skill stuff going? That hasn't been, uh, that hasn't burned you out. I mean, when I looked at that, it seemed like there was a million choices to make.
1: You know, the skill stuff is pretty good. Well, well Maybe we should do a show on it sometime. We should. We should do a show on it because there's so much there, and there's so many different companies trying to lock you into their platform, <laughs> which <laughs> is kind of, a... of annoying. That trying to connect uh, with that has been has been a little challenging. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I guess. How know... about <laughs>
1: First of all, you bastard. Second of all. <laughs> You know they're not shipping did you get? That's the most important thing.
0: I got black. I got black. Oh, of I did, yeah, I got black. You know, and the thing is, is I, I actually think this may be one of the few devices, and no one knows this to be true, I very, very, very rarely return stuff. Ex- have you
2: ever returned anything in your life? A couple times. Really? This
0: may be like the really? number three time. Okay, yeah. Right. I, I just, I,
2: I, I find like... an HDMI cable, though. Yeah. No, not <laughs> next No.
0: It's still sitting around, too. In this. I know it is. Uh, the thing is, is I've been... Um, I've been living a secret life of uh, a Siri defender, and I haven't been open about it. But the <laughs> truth is, is that uh, you know, having the having several devices with the Google Assistant, um, having more Echo Dots than any rational person should in a small space, and um, having Siri on my wrist and in my pocket, the the functionality that I use is location based reminders, and notes and to dos, mm-hmm. and um, then I'm, then I'd like to get this. The, the secondary things I like to get is weather. And um, news reports. Mm-hmm. And in all of these particular, those particular use cases, Siri is better. Mm-hmm. It's better at location-based reminders. It's better when I say, if, if I say, what's the temperature? Mm-hmm. It says, the temperature is 43 degrees. It doesn't give me a paragraph of, today, the forecast will consist of. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it you know, and it goes in for a whole paragraph on, on both the other two assistants. Sure. Tours. And if I ask Siri, what's the wind speed? It starts with the wind speed. Yeah. It, it starts with the thing I asked it. Yeah. And that's what I want. And same with location. When I say, when I get to the studio, remind me. Yeah. When I, when I get home, remind me. Right. And those are... Those are things that the Echo can't do. The only thing I can right. do with the Echo is set time-based reminders, yeah. and then it just blasts me everywhere. Right. Um, and so th- that combined with the fact that for Hadia, music is the primary function of these devices. Sure. We'll see. Yeah. Um, th- it seems like it has the potential to be one of those things that you buy once, and then they don't update for three years, mm-hmm. al- although they'll do y- it via y- software. Mm-hmm. But I would expect them to update it over software. And so it, if they do that... I have lots
1: of problems with this purchase, Chris. I just <laughs> no, Well it's okay,
2: you, me too. It's, no well, what, like,
1: no it, just, just the audio side of it being a mono speaker. Like
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, Here's the,
2: here's the thing. I have I have I mean here's the thing. I have a problem. Anytime we take a protocol that was designed to ke- connect your keyboards and mice to your computer, and then we try to funnel audio over it, I think it's no, ridiculous. It, it's but, not using Bluetooth.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's using AirPlay, which oh, is... Oh, good, good, good. Which can be all sorts of different things. Uh-huh. Um, all kinds of yeah. Or it plays directly, <laughs> right? So they put a... Uh,
2: you're a, still pulling a stream in over the internet. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's 192 kilobit AAC.
2: So that's not bad. And it can also do FLAX. Yeah, when you play, um, the first time you play a flac, go ahead and take a picture and send it to me. I mean, nobody's doing that, right? I mean, that's no, just that's no. just kind of. A
0: but they put a, the way it works is, uh, and I don't. This isn't something I do. But if you use this service called iTunes Match, mm-hmm. it oh, uploads God. it uploads all the crap you have up to the cloud, and mm-hmm. it includes like flac files and WAV files. And if oh, you've really? uploaded that, it'll stream those to it. Oh, no kidding. Um, they put like an iPhone six or 6S in the Home Pod. CPU okay. and system wise Like the gotcha. whole system On a chip is Sure It's like So it's like Having a 6S in there So I think they're Going to do something With all of that Processing power But I don't know um, As long as it Plays podcasts mm-hmm. Plays music mm-hmm. And does all the Other things I mentioned Assistant wise
2: Yeah
0: Then it can do Everything that all The other home assistants Can basically do Basically so, that I crazy. need it to <laughs> But it doesn't have but it no doesn't The skill it. <laughs> right, right There's no mic Writing a code of radio Skill for it Yeah Which is why I think It's going to suck Yeah But Well How could it not suck I mean without me Of course
2: Right. right, that's my metric. If I buy a device, or not, can mm-hmm. I get a radio on it? Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing so, is,
0: is I have I have really spent an extensive amount of time figuring out how to automate things with the Alexa mm-hmm. and with the Assistant, and so, you know, I mean, I'm already like pretty well versed on all this stuff. It just sure. feels like it's it's worth
1: trying it out, just so I have a pretty round comparison to make. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the HomePod does have like one primary feature for like developers, right? It is effectively your hub for, if you're doing Apple HomeKit automation. Are, right. Are you doing a lot of that? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I do. You, you are with yeah. HomeKit.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I, everything I have is both Echo-supportable and um, HomeKit-supportable, so I, you know, everything I bought, I made sure it supports both protocols, but the nice thing about HomeKit is that it is as fast as hitting a light switch, um, and, so, and it works without an internet connection, which is also a big win for me because I'm often without an internet connection, and uh, the Echo's... So worthless, it can't even give you the time. Like, you can't, it can't even, it just, it just, this is sorry. And it doesn't even try to mm-hmm. do anything. Well, it probably
2: can't transcribe what you're saying, to be honest. It probably right. doesn't even know what you're telling me. Right, you. it just knows yeah. it was woken.
0: Right, yeah. Um, yeah, whereas with HomeKit, I can still control all my lights and my heaters and my water sensors and all of that through. So, so, so that did is, you
1: ever give the, the, goob, the such a, sh- a shot here?
0: So I have the uh, I have the assistant built into the Nvidia Shield TV, which I have a couple of those, um, and then I also have it on my Nexus Six P, and um, one other device has the assistant. I can't I'm, I can't I don't. Recall I know you don't have really.
1: a Home, right? We did
2: home yeah,
0: I didn't get, I didn't because I have the assistant on so many other things. But, well, you know? isn't
2: that the kind of same argument? Couldn't you make the same argument with Siri though? Like,
0: <laughs> well, I am hoping, and we'll see that there's something uniquely different about Siri in a Lady Tube.
2: But there for sure is not something uniquely different about the like the Google
0: home play. assistant well what i what i mean by that is i i suspect there will be functionality that does not exist on the mobile device that does oh, exist whereas that the the the, the functionality is parity between sure. assistant you know uh, have you tried it on your shield
2: no, I don't use that stuff. Yeah, I figured. Yeah.
0: it's not bad. One of the things I do like about it is you can tell it to. Hey, I just want to watch this show, and it will search across multiple services and tell you like you can watch it here for free. You can watch it here for two ninety nine. That's kind of. I got all that nice. stuff
2: disabled. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, I entered into this. I mean, if you guys recall. I entered into this being like super skeptical pants about this entire product category. Mm-hmm. And I thought this, and the only reason I even got an Echo is because they had it on sale. And I'm like, well, if I'm shitting on this thing all the time, yeah. I should probably mm-hmm. put my money where my mouth is and try it out. I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's see how it is. I should and then, suck for a reason. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, then what I re- but then what I realized is that I'm a busy SOB and I'm doing stuff all the time. And I love having to control of my devices when I have my hands full. Yeah. And when I'm like, so when I'm setting up at the, at the center console in the studio, I'm turning on lights and all that kind of stuff. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> pausing and playing media playback <laughs> so uh,
1: d- but don't you feel like this is the like exact type of platform apple would charge you a lot of money for and then let die on the vine and under deliver
0: it's going to be like an apple tv 2.0 i think right you
1: know,
0: yeah yeah only the you know the requirements of a speaker are are you know it's a speaker you know it's, it's not, not like there's going to a speaker though <laughs> <laughs> see, I've, I have, I've, have, see, the thing that pushed me over the edge is I read uh, about three reviews that have come out in the last couple of days, and one of the guys is a super, super well-respected audiophile, and he came away really impressed by it.
2: Now, I'm not saying really? it's. I'm, saying I'm just saying anyone you don't use audiophile and a single little speaker that I mean that's just that's maybe maybe you that's should you.
0: hear it, maybe you should hear it and find out. They, you know, they will. You can if you want to spend seven hundred dollars buy two of them. And then they'll they'll stereo pair up in a couple of months. Even or still, you can just I like mean, buy
1: a, Sonos.
2: a real stereo, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, with the woofer. Well,
0: so what I you know the, the the thing that seems like the most practical approach to me would be if you if you want a smart speaker, mm-hmm. is get a thirty dollar dot and hook it up to right just whatever speakers like right. maybe your home sound system yes. or something yeah.
2: Sonos uh, that, 5. But, Thought. Yeah, uh, yes, the Play Five. Oh my yeah, God! Yeah. So you want to talk about a yeah. speaker that
0: sounds good? No, yeah. I think I think the HomePod's going to beat the Sotas Five. No way. Really? No way. The, the right. Play Five? No way. I mean, I've only heard no it. Way. I've only heard it in stores, so I could be wrong.
2: You, you know the uh, that particular uh, establishment we were at the other night? Mm-hmm. The entire store is powered by a Play Five. Really. So what sounds like there's a bunch of speakers and a really is a well, single play file. I mean, the, the Sonos. When we install a ton of Sonos stuff, everything from the soundbars to you know the, those individual speakers and the, even those, I will tell you that I, again, you're not going to meet an audiophile that's going to be like that's amazing sound. Right. It's yeah. good for
0: a for a yeah. single speaker yeah, within context. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think he was saying uh, it was like going to beat. In fact, he even said that in his review. He says it's not going to beat these systems or these systems or these systems. Obviously,
2: any yeah. stereos. But in what
0: he said is that what, which surprised me and it was surprised him is mm. he moved around the room and mm-hmm. couldn't find a like the non sweet spot of the audio like he yeah. just said around the entire room it sounded incredible.
2: Yeah, well I mean Apple, you know, they own Beats, right? Which suck, but sound good enough, enough. to you yeah. know to justify a well, higher price. See, see I, this is why I'm bu- this is why I bought it mm-hmm. because you
0: guys you guys are completely skeptical. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Everybody thought Face ID was going to be a total train wreck. Everybody I mean, thought I that the iPhone So but I still think it's I, really
2: Well, here's the thing, everybody, it, so everybody everybody who has bias. seen it
0: here at the conference that hasn't seen it before is the, the first thing that over blows everybody away is the fact that the notifications reveal themselves once it unlocks. But the moment I get a phone call mm-hmm. and I look at my phone and it turns the volume down by 70%, people yeah. go, wow, that is amazing. Uh-huh. There's a little things in there that are really nice once your phone recognizes you're looking at it.
2: Yeah, but I, it would be fine if it, was a, if it was an addition to the fingerprint scanner, but they took mm-hmm. that away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to I me, that's that. like... Yeah, both. When uh, I have both well, I do on yeah. my
0: Samsung but, but Yeah but that's not Face ID that's, Well, it's, They don't the call it Face ID no, it's, it's the same thing No it's not yeah, It's the, the same, same thing it is It's the same You thing. should Google that Before you say that It is not the same thing There's Okay
2: I don't know How it technically this. works underneath But what I'm saying yeah. is I can look at the phone And the camera big oh, yeah, 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 things yeah.
0: based on Yeah that's a crap Face ID system though. That's the problem <laughs> It's not
2: Face ID That's fine mad are fighting
1: again
0: <laughs> No He's just upset Because I pre-ordered a HomePod That's all He'll get over it Once I return it He'll be elated I'll go buy one I return and he'll be elated. So it's, it's, a, it's a roller coaster of emotions for him right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Mr. Dominic, is there anything else we want to cover before we wrap up here at the event?
1: No. Okay. So well, I'll, I'll do you next week?
0: well, I'll go around. I'll spread the good word about Coda Radio to everybody. I'll, uh, I'll tell everybody to tune into the show. And, um, you know, I'll just be here. I'll be our promotion man while I'm here. Might as well make the that best was. of it, right? All right, Mr. Dominic. Well, why don't you give people a few uh, plugs for where they can find you or maybe the business throughout the week before we get Sounds out of here?
1: Good follow at Dumanuco on Twitter, and listen to the Ask Noah show, which has much better intro music than this one. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Yeah. Ronald
2: Jenkins
0: is a classic. I we love I Ronald
1: Jenkins.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. Ask Noah show will be live tomorrow, tomorrow. at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific.
0: Yeah. Uh, right after Linux Unplugged, it's going to be a Linux sandwich, and we're going to try to do the whole dang thing live from this canonical event on battery power, so we'll see if we pull all that off, because uh, we used about half the battery for this episode, so... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can follow uh, me. I'm at Chris Elias. The whole network is at Jupiter Signal, and of course, the Coda Radio program is at Coda Radio Show on the Twitters. Go fo- go over there, follow that account. You know, we're going to eventually, when I'm not moving around and doing crazy stuff, we're going to eventually do a Q and A over there as well. And uh, of course, the subreddit over at codaradio.reddit.com codaradio.reddit.com And last but not least, we'd love your feedback at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. Send in your feedback to the show. We'll answer it in a future edition of the Coda Radio Program. Mr. Noah, is there anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? No, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, Thank you for joining us. I look forward to doing more podcasts with you. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Coda Radio Program.